Hey everyone, welcome to the Cattleman You Podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Rose, the founder and CEO of K-Rose Company and Cattleman You. Through our conversations here, we share the latest ideas and techniques to help you start, improve, and expand your farmer ranch. Join us as we visit with industry experts and cattle producers to get honest ins and outs of beef production. We'll dive into topics such as cattle handling, nutrition, cattle markets, genetics, and so much more. We encourage everyone who's involved in the industry to listen. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Cattle Menu Podcast. Today I'm doing something a little fun. I know that you guys are probably spending time with family or you're out getting chores done before Thanksgiving dinner. And so one, I just wanted to tell you, I'm incredibly thankful for you listening to the podcast, the support of Kettleman U and K-Rose Company. We are honored to have your hour or 30 minutes that this podcast is every single week. So thank you for being a part of the success of Kettleman U. I wanted to do a Q&A today, mostly on cattle buying. So for those of you who don't know, I've started to share some cattle buying tales on TikTok. And it's actually been really fun because it is a different side of the industry. And I have received a little bit of harsh criticism for some things that we're going to talk about today. But I want to provide an honest perspective of what it looks like to be an order buyer who buys cattle in the country. I buy cattle in the sale barn, and I really wanted to show what it looks like and give a different side to that. So I've really been enjoying it. If you're on TikTok and you haven't followed me yet, I'll put my information in the show notes, but I'd love for you to follow, join along in the conversation. But there was a lot of questions that we kept getting, and I want to answer them now. So the first question that we have gotten is about auctions catering to buyers and letting you pick and choose. So I'm going to set the scenario a little bit. I'm going to give you two sides to the perspective. So I want you to remember, not only am I an order buyer, um, so between my dad and I, we move about 30,000 feeder calves a year and about 10,000 bred cattle, but I also am a rancher. I sell cattle in the sale barn. So I'm going to show you a little bit of both sides. So there is a lot of sorting that is done at an auction yard. If you bring your calves in, they're first going to sort for size. Depending on the barn, they might sort for color. And then they're going to sort off any that need to be sold as singles. So they have a bad a bad eye, short ears, short tail. They just don't belong in the group. Sale barns get a lot of flack and a lot of criticism for sorting. It's one of the things that I think is really misunderstood. And I hate it. As a seller, I understand the pain. But I just want to talk a little bit about the buyer side. So I have a couple orders that are particularly picky orders which means the buyer has given me a premium price, but they want a premium product. Oftentimes, this is no short ears, which we're going to go into what that means. No short ticks. They want them to be uniformed. They want them to sometimes be weaned or have two rounds of shots. Sometimes they want them to be all black. Sometimes they don't mind color. There's a lot of options when I get an order. So I buy cattle on order. What happens when they don't sort cattle, is if they won't take one out that I think needs to come out, we stop the sale and we say, hey, that one needs to come out. They're not willing to take it out. I am completely out of the game. I won't even raise my hand. And nowadays, there's not that many order buyers out there. I sit in the barn and and I should take a picture and share it on TikTok or on Instagram. But oftentimes, there's five or six of us. I'm 
usually the only female, and I'm usually by far the youngest, but there's five or six of us. And so meaning that there's two of us who are interested in about every class of cattle, two or three, three if we're lucky. So if I don't bid because there's one calf that needs to come out that isn't taken out, now there's one person. And I have seen it a lot of times where they'll take one bid and then they sell the cattle. And if they would have sorted, those cattle could have brought 15, 20 cents more and there would have been some competition. And so it's just a completely different perspective to look at and to think about is when they sort cattle, they are hoping that the majority of your cattle bring a high enough price that it compensates for the discount on the one that they sort off. So just remember that when you see them sorting cattle. Now at one of the barns that I often go to, sometimes they sort color and that can be really challenging. They'll sort all the blacks off and then all the colored cattle, including red Angus. And there's a couple different reasons for that. I do have an order that is all black and I would say most of my orders are fine with black reds, black nose shards, and sometimes Herefords. I would say a lot of times not Herefords and Baldies. So kind of give you an idea about what my current customers want. I do have a customer who buys all black. And the reason he does that is the packing plant close to him only kills black cattle. So he either has to double the distance that he's going to drive to the packing plant, or he sells them close and they have to be all black. So he hasn't been really given a choice and he buys all black cattle. Just a little different perspective about what it looks like when they sort at the sale barn and a different side to the story. So sometimes it allows me to bid on cattle if they sort correctly. Okay, short ears, short tails, spot on the eye, all of that. So the question was, how does that affect the value at the rail? And to be honest, if the cattle make it to the rail, it's not going to affect the value a lot. But sometimes they don't make it. And one of the comments that I really appreciated on the TikTok was that cattle with short ears, so we're talking frozen ears. We're not talking any design in the ear, you know, Brahmin influence, anything like that. We're talking the ear froze off in this particular example. The ear is gone. So when you think about the ear freezing off, what that does is that risks the lungs of having lung damage. And a feeder who follows me on TikTok said, absolutely, cattle die of lung damage from freezing when they get fat. So that's the thing. It's like right before they're harvested, the cattle will die because of lung damage. Lung damage is the number one killer in the feedlot. So when cattle have really short ears, one, you can't implant them. Oftentimes, if they're short enough, you can't put an ear tag in. And we're worried about lung damage. We're also worried about feet damage. Sometimes you can see feet problems. Sometimes you can't. But if they have their ears and their tail frozen, so we call that short-eared, short-tailed cattle, we do worry about the lung health. And that is consideration that we have to have. We have some buyers, as long as they're discounted, they're willing to take the risk. We also have some buyers, doesn't matter how much they're discounted, they're not willing to take the risk. And so there's a couple different ways to think about it. I did make a TikTok and this got a lot of questions about a load of cattle that I had rejected one time because they had split ears. The rancher, instead of branding, I think they were branded too, but they notched their ear. So they took a knife at the base of the ear and slid up and kind of filleted 
the ear. That's not the best way to describe it, but they cut the ear in two. It was a problem for this particular buyer because he was buying replacement heifers. They were black replacement heifers. And he was going to mix them in with a bunch of other replacement heifers and resell them. And those notched eared ones would have stood out like sore thumbs. So he turned the kettle down and I had to sell them to someone else. He wanted them to be full eared, nothing hindering or affecting the ear. When we think about any of those management decisions that could possibly affect the price and the value of your cattle when you sell them, both that heifer deal was in the country, both in the country and in the sale barn. You're on the phone with the auctioneer, the ringman, the sale barn, the catalog designer, the photographer, the videographer. And on top of that, you need to market your sale so you can get potential buyers in the seats. If managing all of that sounds like a lot of work, you're right. Kairos Company is your one-stop shop for all things marketing production sales. With over seven years of experience, we know just what it takes to manage the sale day, get more customers to notice your bulls, decrease costs, and increase your average. Get your free quote by visiting our website at kroscompany.com slash production dash sale dash marketing. Okay, so the next question, do you have any contracts for packing houses? How do they make money? So we do. We buy some cold cows for the packing plant. And then we also sell cattle straight to some of the big four and their buyers. The packing side is a little bit different. We're actually going to really dive into the packing side and have a couple packers speak in Cattle Menu, especially cold cow packers in the membership. But they all figure cattle out on a break even. So they're looking at freight to get them to a feedlot, cost of gain, the date they're going to be harvested, and what the board looks like. And so for most of the entities, even though they're vertically integrated, they do handle each one separate. So the calves have to make sense. The packing plant has to make sense. We do sell several groups of cold cows every year directly to the packer, and they're going to grade them based on quality and then pay us a per pound price. But buying for the packer is something, like I said, we sell some cattle to the big four that you guys all know about, and we sell them some feeder calves. But the cattle that we custom feed, they are sold on a grid, which means a quality basis to the packer. That means they're not live. So we have sold live cattle in the past, but currently we are selling most of our cattle on a grid, which means the higher quality, the more we get paid. So there's premiums and there's deductions, things like hard bones, which is older cattle, our deductions, all of that. Okay, why is it hard to get a buyer to come to the ranch? The same guy will buy cattle at a sale barn. So this can be really challenging. So the ranch trade usually happens pretty early for most feeders. Most farmer feeders are not ready to buy cattle until a little bit later. So we see that the corporations start buying, I don't really think June. I think those are mostly speculators, but I absolutely think July, August, most of my farmer feeders are not ready to start buying until September, October, most of them. And that's just because of how they do their cash, how they do the cattle they currently have on feed, whether they're involved in farming, any of that. So 
that is something to remember is the farmer feeder trade, which is the small feeders, is going to start a little bit behind when the corporation feeders start buying. And the other thing to remember is most of the people I buy for in the sale barn don't give me a country order and vice versa. The people that I'm buying for in the country or in the sale barn don't give me a country order. So it is two very different buyer bases, two usually different scenarios. Of course, in the sale barn, they can call today and have a load of cattle tomorrow. The country's not like that. Some of them don't hedge their cattle like they would if they bought in the country super early in the summer. So lots of variety. So if your buyer won't come to the ranch, but will buy them at the sale barn, probably two different buyers he's working with on the other end. Or maybe his buyers, when you were ready to sell in the country, weren't ready. They just weren't ready for cattle, which is a very common thing. Okay, the next question is, how did you get a job as a buyer and how did you get started? I am a cattle buyer genetically. (laughs) My dad is a cattle buyer as well. And I did go to Montana State University and I was on the livestock judging team while I was there at MSU. And when I graduated from college in 2015, I knew I wanted to be a part of the family operation, but our family operation would not have been big enough, is still not big enough to support three families. So my brother had already been back, I think, five years, and my dad was on the operation. And so my dad and I had a conversation. I love to buy cattle. My dad teases that I can sell ice to an Eskimo, but I love to buy cattle. I love the thrill of it. I love analyzing cattle. I love connecting the right set of calves to the right feeder. I mean, I love all of it. And I said, okay, dad, I want to buy cattle. And so he put me on his license and bond. So I am bonded under my dad, which is the biggest hang up that a lot of buyers start to have is to be able to be licensed and bonded. And the other unique thing is I use this checkbook. And so I make a standard commission. I split the commission with my dad. And so when I buy cattle, both the ranch benefits and I benefit. And of course, my cattle buying commission is all a part of K-Rose company. And marketing cattle and buying cattle through our customers that we market bull sales for is also part of what we do. But I came by it genetically. I definitely had a hand up in the industry. When I first started to buy cattle, my dad wrote all of his customers a letter and said, if she makes a mistake or when she makes a mistake, because she's human and we're all human, I'll 100% back the cattle that she sends you. If you don't like them, you don't own them, I will feed them in your lot and I'll own them. And when he did that, he gave me a lot of ability, of confidence. I don't know the right wording, but a lot of authority with his customers. It's funny now we laugh. We have a couple of his customers who only call me to buy cattle and then a couple that still really like him. So they call him by kind of backing me and saying, if we don't let her start now, if we don't let her try and make mistakes, then if something happens to me and you have to give your multi-million dollar order to my daughter, who's never bought cattle before, it's going to be a train wreck. And he has always believed that there has to be young people in this industry. And so I can't thank him enough for giving me the opportunity. We are always looking for cattle buyers in different barns. And the industry as a whole, cattle buying, is old. The buyers are old and there is not a next generation coming up. And so there's a lot of opportunity. It seems as if a lot of the younger generation is going to be video reps. 
which I don't think is the same as being able to buy kettle in the country. The hardest part about buying kettle is finding someone who, finding the buyer. So it's easy to get kettle listed, kettle for sale. The hardest part is finding the buyer and making the connection and building that relationship. So that's how I got started buying kettle. I love it. I will continue to do it. I'm very excited for the day that I have kids to be able to take them with me to buy kettle, but it's something I love, something I think I'm pretty good at, and I think it is going to be a lost art, especially buying kettle on the sale board. I think that is about all of the questions so far, a bunch of them that I have gotten on TikTok. So thank you guys for asking. I know this is a short and sweet episode, but also I know it's Thanksgiving and I wanted to give you a ton of value, answer some of those questions while allowing to be in your ears. So again, have a great Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening. And if you have any more cattle buying questions, please ask them, send me an email, ask me on Facebook or follow me on TikTok. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Cattleman U podcast. Don't forget to subscribe at cattlemanulive.com slash podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts and be sure to review when you get there. We are excited to learn alongside you and remember the grass is greener where you water it.